This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. A lot of you don't need an introduction for Pastor Michael Wright, but if you're new here or newer here, um, Pastor Michael has been a friend of mine and a friend of ours for going on 10 years now. Right, Bishop? We've been doing partnership with Pastor Michael and True Freedom Church, uh, where he's the pastor in the Austin Oak Park neighborhood. And uh, he's got his own church to pastor and his own church to preach. So we were really fortunate to get you this morning, Pastor Michael. And so um, uh, we are really blessed that you're here. Thank you for, for being here. And let me say a prayer. Lord, thank you for this man of God. Thank you for this man that you have raised up to be a pastor and a man that has a heart, as a man after your own heart, as we read in the scripture about David. Um, he truly is a man after your own heart, and we are just thankful for our partnership with him and our friendship with him and uh, his friendship with us. And we just pray that you would bless this word now from the word and let us be open to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. God bless everyone today. God bless everyone today. Amen. Amen. So good to see everyone here on this morning, on this wonderful Christmas Eve. This is my, definitely my favorite time of the year. Uh, I, I just love the Christmas season. I hate going to the mall. I hate walking through the stores so crowded and messy and all that stuff, but I just love Christmas morning when my children are home and, 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 and my wife is happy and, and my mother is, has cooked all, those good, all that good stuff that I don't get except for once a year. It's a beautiful, beautiful time of the year and obviously where we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have, to, I have to be honest with you on this morning. When thinking about the message on today, um, the Christmas message for me is one of the most challenging messages to preach. It is. It's not easy. It's a, you know, because by nature, I'm like a storyteller. And a good story always has your wonderful opening that kind of grabs people's attention and it introduces characters and it kind of starts you on your way. And then it has this dramatic increase in the middle where you have your protagonist and your antagonist and you have some rough and tough and tangled situation uh, someone's trapped or someone's in an argument or a fight or someone's in a valley or a mountain or, or someone's in need. And there's always this dramatic increase. And then you have your ending. That's your climactic close that comes where the hero swoops in and saves the day or something dramatically changes. And then, you know, that's a good, you know, Western story. But in looking at this, uh, the Christmas story, it's simply an introduction. It introduces the characters that are going to be at play throughout the New Testament, or the central character, I should say, who will be at play throughout the New Testament. It introduces Mary and, and Joseph and a couple shepherds and an angel, 
But the reality is, it's just the introduction. So it's very challenging to preach on this because it's not the complete story. It's good. I'm sure glad that he came. How many are really glad that Jesus came? <laughs> I really am. But it, yet it presents a challenge for me in preaching this. Some people love preaching the Christmas story, but it's a challenge. And I'm just grateful today that in the midst of the challenges, I think that we can look at the challenges of the characters and then relate it to our own challenges that we have in our life, and then I think we can go forward. And looking at this passage of Scripture, coming from the book of Luke, the first chapter, 26 through 38, and looking at this, we see a young lady whose name was Mary. Mary was very interesting in the sense that she was a virgin. She was someone who was just minding her own business, doing her own thing, doing things, I guess, that teenagers did at that time on her cell phone or on Instagram or whatever she was doing at that time. And, well, here comes this angel. This angel, this, this spiritual being comes and speaks to her, calls her. I think we can stop right there. This angel calls her. Uh, I want to just take a moment and think about that. If I were to be in her situation, minding my own business, doing my own thing, and then out of the clear blue sky, here comes this spiritual being standing in front of me and called me for a purpose. I think that us, we don't have a problem with people in the Scripture being called. I think that we don't have a problem in people in the Scripture being known by God. I think that us, when we think of Mary, uh, we think of it just as a story. Of course she was called. She was favored amongst women. Yes, she was a wonderful person. But I want to take a moment and not just look at her calling, but I want to look at yours. I want you to take a moment and see that all of us, whether it be as magnanimous as the calling of Mary, or whether it be as mundane as your calling in, or my calling in everyday life, that all of us have a calling that we are to go forth and to stand to bring glory to God. But the question is, will you answer? We believe that God will speak to others. We believe that God will call others. I mean, come on, look at the pulpit up here now. These people look like they're called. <laughs> their robes and they, they, just, they look called. You know, I hear the band playing and, and with their talent and their skill, and they're, they're able to sing. And I saw the pastor even on the bells playing on this morning. I mean, the talent and the skills, yes, people look like they are called. But my question is, what about you? Maybe you're not up front behind a pulpit, or maybe you're not behind the microphone, or maybe you're not up singing, or maybe you're not in front. Maybe you barely even come to church. But the reality is that there is a calling on your life. There's something that God has for you. There's something that God wants to squeeze the glory of his name out of your life. For oh, I understand that when I go to Christmas dinner 
on tomorrow, and I'm looking so forward to it, so I may allude to that on several instances in this message. But I look on tomorrow. My mother makes sweet potato pie, and she makes chitlins. I don't know if you all know about chitlins, but I'm telling you, my mother makes the best, somebody say it with me, say chitlins. She makes the best chitlins in the world. And I'm here to tell you, but she makes the pie for the purpose of it being consumed. She makes the chitlins for the purpose of it being consumed. When I go out and say, if I go purchase a car, if I purchase the car, I purchase the car with the purpose of driving it, of using it from getting from point A to point B. If I go out and I do some things, or I purchase something at the mall, the purpose of it is to be used. Well, I'm here to tell you that when God created you, when God made you, when God called you, when he formed you in the womb of your mother, he called you with a purpose. He made you with a purpose. If there was no purpose for you, you would not be here. If there was no purpose for you, for you to give glory to God, if there was no calling on your life, he would not have taken the time to create you. But he created you with the sole purpose of somehow, some way, getting glory for his name. Aren't you glad that you're called? Well, understanding in the midst of your calling, in the midst of your purpose, in the midst of you being created, you have to see that many times your calling can be confusing. Do you see what she said when she was called by Gabriel? Said, look here, you're going to be, uh, you're going to have a baby. You, you, you're highly favored among women. You're going to have a child. Now this was confusing to her. This woman had never known the pleasures of a man, but now she was going to have the pains of birth. She had never been with anyone. She was a virgin. So how in the world did this calling even match? You see, this is sometimes what our callings are. Our callings don't always match our understanding at the moment. In fact, many times our callings are much broader and they're much bigger than our own natural abilities. You see, if your calling was just something that you knew how to do, just your ABC, one, two, three, you knew how to do it very easily, it wouldn't stretch your faith at all. If your calling was something that was something that you knew how to do, maybe God wouldn't get the glory out of it the way that God wants to get the glory out of it. But God uses unusable people. God uses people like me. God uses people like you, ordinary people. It's not that you have to have a PhD or a master's degree or some type of bachelor's or some type of expertise. But God says, I want to use people, the unlikely people in life, so that I can get the most glory out of their life. Yes, I'm going to use a virgin. I'm going to use a virgin, and I am going to step into this world, and I'm going to use an unlikely character like Mary. Yes, saints of God. Yes, your calling, it may be confusing. It may be a challenge. But I'm here to tell you that God has a way of working this out so that 
You as an individual can stand and yet be what he has called you to be. Looking at this passage, we see the calling, how she stood and she was called. And then she was confused. She, she had serious confusion. She didn't know. But then after the confusion, it was confirmed because this is what God does. I have seen this so many times in my own life when I've gone through some of the most challenging times. God put some people in this woman's life who didn't fully understand everything she was going through, but they understood enough of what she was going through to support and be there with her. Yeah, he gave her her aunt, uh, he gave her Elizabeth. He gave her a woman who was going through something similar. Now, you remember Elizabeth? Elizabeth was a woman of old age, and there was the thought that she would never have a child. Never in her life would she have a baby. Well, she gets older, and now the miracle happens, and now she's at birth. And now six, she's been pregnant for six months. And now Mary goes to her and tells her, and what happens? The baby leaps, John leaps in Elizabeth's womb. And the glory of God comes on, and, and she's excited because she says, I've experienced this miracle too. Well, understand, she didn't experience it quite the way that Mary experienced it, but she experienced it enough for her to provide support for Mary when she needed it the most. Do you understand Joseph, what he must have been going through? Understand, he could never have a baby, obviously. Well, I mean, nowadays, I guess men can. Well, that's a whole nother message. But, but when we look and see what, what happened with Joseph, Joseph, he didn't quite understand. In fact, he was going to put Mary off quietly. He, was, he didn't understand everything was going on, but God came. The angel came to Joseph and began to explain to him, don't put her off. This thing is of God. This thing is of the Lord. God's going to use Mary. The Messiah is going to be born of Mary. She's a woman of high character and high standing. I'm going to bless her. God gave Joseph the understanding so that he can support Mary through this terrible time. Saints, there are people in this room now. You're going through all kinds of things, and you have a calling on your life. You, I mean a real calling. There are people in this room who are called to share the gospel. There are people in this room who are called to preach a message. There are people in this room that are called to just share the message with your neighbor that lives next to you. There's a calling on your life. Your calling may be to pass out diapers. Your calling may be to give bread to the homeless. Your calling may be just to share the gospel with anybody who's standing front of, in front of you. And maybe, just maybe, it may be too big for you. It may be too large for you. Or you may not even understand everything that God has in store. But I'm here to tell you, God will surround you with people that know enough to help you and bless you right when you need it the most. How many people you've been in a position where you say, God, just send somebody in my way. Just send somebody in my direction. Somebody that will pray for me. Somebody that will help me. Somebody that will bless me. Somebody that will just understand what I'm going through. This is exactly what happened with Mary. I'm telling you, she cried out, and my goodness, she said, okay, Lord, yes. And God sent Elizabeth. God sent others, and God moved. 
I'm going to tell you something that happened in my life. This is just a personal story. I was going through one of the hardest times of my life. I'm talking about the hardest times of my life. And I've experienced some tough times. I mean, some very, 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 very tough times. But this was, was probably t in the top two of the things I had to deal with. And what happened was this. I, I, I went in to my room and I closed the door. And I said, God, help me. God, help me. In fact, the actual words I said, Lord, help me. I know I have a calling on my life. I know there are things that I have to do. I know, and they're big, God. I know there's some big things that I have to do, but Lord, help me. You know that many times you go through things, uh, maybe things happening with your children, maybe things happening with your spouse. As a pastor, things happening with my church, uh, just dealing with all types of things, things dealing on the job, just all types of things, and you can kind of deal with them one at a time. But when all of them hit you all at one time, that's when it's like, God, please help me. And I remember the specific prayer. I said, Lord, help me. And I prayed for about 15 minutes, and that's all I said. I said, Lord, help me. And then five minutes into the prayer, I was just saying, Lord, help. Lord, help. And then about 10 minutes into the prayer, I just said, help, help. I don't know if you've been there. My God, but I've been there. Where I got down on my knees, I said, God, help. And then the words really couldn't come out. I just said, help me, help, help. And then what happened? Well, after 15 minutes, I felt like a release in my heart and my spirit, and I just sat down. And when I sat down, I had my phone that was, that was right next to me, and I was doing some work on the computer, and there was a bing that came up on my phone. Now, I probably get about 2,000 bings a day on my phone, whether it be through Facebook, Instagram, whatever, I get all these bings, and I, most of the time, I ignore them. But this time, I opened it up. And, and, and on there, when I opened it up, right after I finished praying, there was a scripture that came from Isaiah 41 and 13. You all know it, maybe, by heart. It talks about how it says, I am the Lord, your God. It says, I will take you by your right hand. Yes. You don't need to be afraid. I will help you. That's what came to me when I was crying out for help at my lowest time. It said, I will help you. I am telling you today, Mary didn't know what she was going to do. She accepted the calling of what she, what she had, but it took the help of God and it took people surrounding them to say, listen, I will, I'll help you, I'll be there for you, I'll stand with you in the gap. But what you need to know, that if there's nobody there, God says, I will help you. You have a call on your life, the things that you want to do? Yes, I understand. But many times you have to know that it won't be easy. It's not going to be easy. Did you see what this woman had to deal with? She goes and she gets on a donkey, rides the donkey. I, no, I've never been pregnant, but I could just imagine being nine months pregnant. Now, I've been in the car with my wife going over a speed bump when she was nine months pregnant. 
and I can understand how uncomfortable that would be. But to ride uh, from, from Bethlehem to Nazareth on a donkey, I could just imagine how challenging that would be nine months pregnant. And then when she gets to the end where there's no room, you all know the story, she has to go and, and have the child in a manger, in a trough, a place where donkeys drink, a place where animals eat. I mean, that's just not easy. Come on. This is the King of Kings. This is the Lord of Lords. This is, this is the one coming down from glory. This is Jesus. This is the Yeshua, the one who's going to be the Messiah of all. This was some challenging thing. Come on. Give me a nurse at least. Give me a midwife. Give me a doctor. Give me something. Don't. I got to deal with Joseph's rough carpenter's hands delivering this child. Come on, give me some help somewhere. Let an angel come from glory and help deliver it. You got Joseph telling me to push? Come on now. This is hard stuff. Well, it was tough. It was hard. It was a challenge. And it was not the way that I would see and probably not even the way Mary even thought. You're going to birth the Messiah in a, in a trough, in a manger, in a place where hay is? Are you serious? That's how this is going to come? I'm here to tell you today that many times your calling that you think that you have, it won't look like you think it's going to look. It's going to evolve is going to develop, is going to be beautiful, but the first steps of it may be ugly. So what you have to see is always this. The conditions of your calling may not always be perfect, but oh, it will be beautiful in the end. Because understand, yes, Mary went through something, but I could only imagine what Jesus went through. Here is the eternal Son of God, worshiped by angels in his eternal state, coming down, being wrapped in flesh, stepping down into a physical body that would grow tired, stepping down for, into a physical body that would be hungry, coming down into a physical body that would feel pain and would feel hurt and would be rejected of men uh, that would be initially, listen, eventually be crucified, be turned. At all of the things that he had to do, stepping down from his diadem out of glory into this earth. Saints, I'm here to tell you, yeah, Mary went through, but could you imagine the step down that Jesus went through just to come here and to be a part of our lives? Now, I told you at the very beginning, this was challenging because it's the beginning of the story. But I have to just give you a little insight. I'm going to turn to the end of the book because at the end, we see victory. In the end, we see Jesus coming down so that he can get the glory, so that he will be magnified, so that Jesus will be glorified. He came down. He was blessed, and through his coming, through his coming, we can live. Aren't you glad today? I want you to look at your neighbor and do me a favor. Say, neighbor, 
No, it's okay. They're not going to bite. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. No, your neighbor is the person that's sitting next to you. Okay. Who is my neighbor? Okay. Your neighbor is the person sitting next to you, and I want you to speak in your grown person voice. Say, neighbor. Come on. I mean, really. I mean, really. Say, neighbor. Neighbor. I'm so glad that he came. Come on, do me a favor, put your hands together and give God the praise. God bless you.